0: Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ad Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host Joe Shellerud from Ad Advance, and today I am joined by Matt. So, Matt, how are you doing today? Doing
1: well. How are
0: you? I, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah. So for this podcast, we figured we'd take it kind of in a little different direction. Matt and I have been having some fun just looking back over the history of Ad Advance as a whole. Recently, we just got ranked in the Inc 5000, so it's the top growing companies in the U.S. So we got number 500 out of 5000, which was cool being in the top 10 percent there. Um, and, you know, each day to day, it doesn't seem like anything major is changing. But if we look over time, a lot has really evolved within the, the history of ad advance and kind of what we're doing. So we figured it would be fun to just take this time and kind of look back at the the history overall. So I, I can kind of kick it off. Like, so how this all got started as um, I was actually a seller on Amazon starting in like 2014, 2015 timeframe, I had gone down the Retail arbitrage route to just get my feet wet in the, the system, and then went into private label, and so I was selling these organic chemistry molecular model kits. They're used for ochem courses. I'm a chemical engineer by nature. As I was going to college, you had to buy these like plastic sets to create molecules, and they were like eighty bucks. And so started a private label brand to sell those on Amazon, and so was growing that out and as I was growing that out was managing my own advertising and started looking around for different options to outsource my advertising and wasn't finding much in the marketplace. And so as I was doing that, it was like, Hey, maybe I can help out some other sellers. So, at the same time, I was working with Matt actually with my full time job, um, so I was doing some project management and Matt was doing a lot of like financial analysis for these big projects and As the advertising side started growing, I realized that you know I needed somebody else to help supplement my weaknesses and really be there and help to grow with the the company and I thought that Matt would be a great fit so yeah, I sat down with Matt and Matt how, how'd our first conversation go. <laughs> It went well.
1: I mean, I'm I'm a skeptic by nature, and we sat down. You showed me your system, and I did my best to poke some holes in it, offer some you constructive poked a lot feedback. of holes yeah, in yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, so like I was doing financial analysis. My title was like financial analyst, but most of my responsibilities were geared around like automation and automating like the reporting and building up more streamlined processes around like project controls and and stuff of that nature. So. Like, system design was and is my my greatest strength. And yep. so, you showed me your system. I poked some holes in it and overall was just really fascinated by what you'd accomplished already, what you'd done for your own business with the tools that you had. Sure. And
0: yeah. <laughs> um, you, you see, that's a little jammed. <laughs> that, that my tools could have been a lot better. <laughs> Yeah. And so, like, as I was looking and growing the business, like, it was kind of a tough decision to make from the start. So I'm 100% owning this advertising business and bringing somebody on 50-50, and I had done a lot of legwork up to that point to get in there. It was a tough decision, but personally, when I was looking at it, like, I... I'm good at some things and I'm not good at other things. And one piece that I really needed is like, Matt is so awesome at digging into everything in the very detailed level and making sure that we have all scenarios covered. And so, like, you know, looking forward like to like bid algorithms and how we set up like our software structure and different things like that like Matt is awesome at poking holes and finding those spots where things could get missed and then what I was really good at is just kind of like the scaling side of it. so once we have those pieces in place, all right now how do we build the systems around it to be able to scale this and have a repeatable process and everything like that and so you know from like a personal perspective, I was looking at it and realized that. Yep, I am good at some things, but there's other things that I'm not good at. And so my key piece when seeking out Matt was to make sure that I was finding the r- the right partner who could come in and make up for a lot of those weaknesses. And together, working together, we could be a lot stronger. And, you know, we're now like five years in because that was around 2017. And we had worked together before then. And I feel like it's gone really well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, just kind of going through the evolution of Ad Advance, and, um, you know, what do you feel like are some of the key things that has added to our success or looking back where, you know, some of the key decisions that we made that has helped us get to where we are today?
1: Sure. Yeah. I think our willingness to pivot and change has been huge from a personal standpoint for me, for you. I know that's been huge, but as as a larger business, that's been a major piece. So just like talking about the early stages of her business, I came in with like this automation mindset and was just totally geared towards that element. But sure, like that, that doesn't work for advertising. You know, sure. there are things that humans can, will always do better. It's part art, part science, and you can't automate art or you shouldn't automate art. Yep. It just, it doesn't work as well. So, like, accepting that learning the areas where humans do like contribute significantly more. And then I don't know, kind of pivoting like system design and what we're doing to like enhance that process versus overtake it has been really big for me. Sure. But also like I'm thinking of it in terms of my responsibilities over the couple past, you know, couple of years and in the early stages, I wasn't only doing what I do today, which is, you know, a lot of the like CTO type stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, it was account management. And we we flipped roles so often throughout this business based on where we were at and what our skill sets were. So like having awareness of our weaknesses and our strengths, I think, is really important. And sure. like, I don't know, not being afraid to adjust on the fly and learn new things and take on different responsibilities based on where we can create the most value.
0: Yep. Yep. And it's being able to have those candid, candid conversations with each other too. Right? So if we look back over the the time, like, like you're saying, so you were doing a lot of account management and I was developing a lot of the systems very early on. And what we found is that I was really good at developing these scalable systems But then there were some details in there that as you're managing the accounts, you're like, man, we got to get these things fixed. (laughs) And so you'd be going in and fixing all those key items to make sure that we have every different scenario incorporated in there. As we grew larger, I was taking over the sales and the marketing side and the development side. And Matt was managing the account management side. So our operations section. So all of our account managers who are working with clients and working directly with clients, Um, and then as we kept growing it's like man i'm coming to matt for a lot of these questions on the dev side and so we sat down one day and i was like man you should really be leading this group uh, you're much better geared for it and so matt then took over both the op side and the development side and then i was just leading the marketing and the sales team and then after a while now like as our, our team keeps scaling on the operations side now we had that same conversation and it's like, all right, Matt, I, you focus your time on the development side to build out all these tools that we need. Um, and then on the op side, now I'm taking that over again. And it's just it's fun being able to have these very candid conversations and not have any like turf wars or anything else like that. It doesn't manage. It doesn't it's never mattered to us the size of the team that we're managing or who's technically in charge of what there's still like, even though I technically manage the ops team, there's so many people that come to you and they should come to you. (laughs) And so I, I think that has been huge is just to be able to, Have that relationship where you can have those candid conversations with each other and really understand where your strengths and weaknesses are and kind of leave ego at the door, honestly. Yeah. And this conversation extends far beyond us, too, because
1: that's the mentality that we've taken with the full team and that the full team holds near and dear as well. So like the majority of our hires have been in the account manager position, starting, you know, at the ground level working on campaigns, understanding all the ins and outs of Amazon advertising and adver- digital marketing as a whole. And just based on the things that they do better than us or the things that they exceed in and where their interests lie, like we've put position people in positions, moved them around, created spots on the work chart that we never knew should exist, but definitely should in hindsight, sure. yep. just to put us continually in the best position to su- to succeed the company as a whole. And I think that's been... A super important piece, just like recognizing where your time is best spent and delegating to people that have, a, frankly, a better
0: skill set than you at those at those things. Yep, yep. And, and I think that kind of leads us too into like the culture standpoint. And this is one thing that I think we we definitely lucked into from the start, but there were some reasons for it too. So if you look at how both Matt and I are geared. I'm an engineer. Like I have my MBA in finance. I love the numbers and the data and everything else like that. (laughs) Matt, very logical thinker, like gets much deeper into the weeds than I do. And so you have two extremely like logically thinking people. (laughs) And at the same time, as we were hiring on, I think one thing that we always kept in the back of our mind is as we're building this business, we want to surround ourselves with people that we really truly enjoy working with. <laughs> and that was kind of the initial foundation from like the cultural perspective. We both left other corporate environments. And there were some good things culturally wise, but there were other things that were definitely like not as healthy culturally wise. Totally. <laughs> and we wanted to leave that. And so, you know, from the start on the culture perspective, it was a little bit more internally focused, but I mean, we're obviously working with clients and we need people who are going to be very successful in that position too. But as we've grown, the focus on culture has become so much more prevalent because as we keep expanding, we need to have people that have the same values as we do. If we're going to deliver the results that we're looking for for clients day in and day out, especially as like there's more people on the team. And so it's harder and harder to drive those specifically with single individuals where you need that team surrounding you to really bring that cultural aspect. And so I think that's been another key thing is just the core focus on culture and how that ties to hiring and how we've been able to kind of shift to the softer focus other than just the numbers. (laughs) And and like you're saying, it's it's an art and a science. It's such a people focused business. And so I think being able to take a step back and also make sure that that is the critical focus for us um, has been
1: really key too. Yeah. I mean, like selfishly, I want to surround my people, myself with people that I enjoy spending time with. Yeah. But like as a, a broader company and the scope of what we do, like a happy, motivated account manager is going to be so much more effective than like the most technically adept, like miserable account manager who sure. Just hates their existence at work. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah it, like it's pivotal towards results. It's It's incredibly important to providing a good work product. Yep. So, it's it's huge for that.
0: Yep. Yep. And I think another thing that's been unique too is initially we started out with more of a remote workforce and we still have some remote employees on our development and our marketing side who are awesome and yeah. have been the foundation of like where this company came from. And for any of our account managers, we felt the need to have them in the office, in-house. And the key reason is that with how quickly things change overall and how quickly we need to pivot and adapt and incorporate all these new features in and then also learn and grow with each other. We felt that being in the same room was going to be key. Like when we started the business, you and I were mostly working remotely on it. Yeah. And then there were a couple of times where we get together for a day and we just have these massive breakthroughs and it's like, Oh man, like just imagine what would happen if we were together all the time. And so that kind of cemented in my mind. Cause before I'm like, well, we're just working on stuff. We can chat and everything. We got the technology tools there, but for whatever reason, when we were in the same room, like it, it just seemed like all these breakthroughs would yeah, come in.
1: Epiphany after epiphany. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so it really, that's what shifted us to that. All right. This is going to be really key to build out our office location and have people actually in person working together. Yeah. So, like you know, a key thing that, that when we were looking at is, all right, we're hiring in Duluth, Minnesota, which is a smaller town. And so one thing that it forced us to do, too, is when we were looking to hire there's not as many people who are really skilled in the Amazon side, but there's a ton of awesome culture fits here. And so what we figured is we can easily provide the training, and we have the system and the tools and the software and everything else that helps support that. But if we can find the right people to join the team... like that's going to be our key focus. Yeah. And so, I mean, what what's some of the key things that you look for when we're interviewing different people coming in? What What's the, the key criteria or items that you feel like are critical to have a successful account manager?
1: Yeah. I mean, you said it, Amazon is foreign to even most digital marketers. And so you're never going to hire somebody with an Amazon skill set, or it's challenging to hire somebody with an Amazon skill set that is like local to your office and stuff. So sure. and then um, you're
0: hiring for the technical skill set and it's much harder to incorporate it in all the cultural pieces. Yeah,
1: we're just we're hiring skills at that point and like let's focus on hiring good people and then teach those skills, give them those skills. So we hire for culture first, always. That's the most important thing. But that's not to stay not to say that there isn't like a base requirement technical skill set. Like sure. some people just can't absorb the numbers and the data, like we're the data guys, we're the data company, you know, we're, it's super valuable in terms of digital advertising, understanding the numbers. So it's an essential part of the job, but like the skill set and the job experience, the resume, it doesn't necessarily need to align. Those tendencies exist with people without Amazon experience or even digital marketing experience at all basically like when we're looking at hiring decisions, it's how well do they fit in with the team? How motivated are they? What gets them going? Like what, what motivates the, what specifically motivates them? Sure. Is it like results? Is it relationships? How do they handle themselves in the interview? How do they communicate? How organized are they? Mm -hmm. What's their willingness? Like, how willing are they to accept change? Sure. And do they like, do they value learning, you know? Um, Because we pride ourselves, ourselves in early adoption. There are a lot of new features on the platform and we integrate those super fast. So like you have to be Excited by change to some degree or learning to
0: some degree. <laughs> you know, to, if change yeah. stresses you out, we're <laughs> not a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. And you just have to be, yeah, you have to be able to change because the second we stop changing and moving and growing, we're going to stagnate and somebody else is going to be doing that next thing that you could be doing. And so our viewpoint is we should always be on the cutting edge for any of these items that we can implement. But to do that, it takes constant education and constant learning and this constant feeling like, okay, there's this new thing I need to learn. And you need that drive to be able to push yourself to learn it quickly, be able to be able to put it into practice and then also be able to communicate it to our clients on what we're doing. How is this beneficial? How does this tie into your overall business and tie it back to strategies and goals overall? Yeah. There's just so much iteration that takes place in the digital advertising space. You can never be set in still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And so it's, it's that for me, it's that first, I want somebody who wants to be here <laughs> and who is self-driven and prides themselves on being able to educate themselves and is a great communicator and relationship builder. And you know, the based like items that you said to uh, needs to be able to crank through data, needs to be able to like understand data to tell great stories, but then also can build that great relationship with our clients and really truly understand what they're trying to achieve overall.
1: Completely. Yeah. yeah. So so far I think like the the cornerstone has been understand like your passions, your strengths, but really important, understand your weaknesses. Surround yourself with good people that are better at things than you are, you yep. know, and give <laughs> and them be responsibility. To <laughs> <that>. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, another piece that I would say that I feel proud that we've been able to do at this point is As we grow, there's potential that we could establish this bureaucracy, or you could start having things that slow you down as the company keeps expanding. And this has always been a worry of mine. And so, you know, overall, we've been trying to be really cognizant on being available and making sure that we don't establish bureaucracies or have turf wars or different things like that internally. I mean, so we will do little things like every month we switch desks and everybody just has, we have our two monitor set up. You can move your laptop and you move your stuff over and each month you get to sit by new people. But what I really like about this too, in our current office, we have a couple actual offices and then we have our big open area you know, if Matt and I were sitting in the offices, that just, it it already looks like a bureaucracy where, all right, yep, yep, you got the two co-owners, and just wanted to avoid any case like that, and... I feel like that's how Matt and I have been able to like switch roles so much and everything too, because there are not those turf wars, there's not the ego, but there's also that open, transparent atmosphere where we can get issues or any ideas cascaded up and around as quickly as possible. If you have that bureaucracy established, it can really help squash, you know, those changes and we need to be able to implement and we need to move fast. Yeah. The desk thing's legit. Like
1: I was a little bit hesitant when you first suggested it. It's like, oh man, I kind of like having my spot. Sure, it's been awesome. Like I'm sitting in the reception area right now of our <laughs> office, and our director of ops is sitting across from me in the reception area. Like, yep. it's not when prime I forget my keys, Matt yeah. has to come open the door for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happens more than it we happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um. I should just leave you hanging. Wait till the temps drop, I guess before. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I love it in that spot. Like there's so much action. I get a lot of people walking by my desk. It's a good conversation starter. Exceeded all expectations. Like, yeah. And really aids in the non bureaucratic, non hierarchical thing that we're going for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I don't know. I enjoy it too. Cause what I was finding is initially I was like sitting by Matt and like some of the early hires like that we had, like Eric, just with how we had established it. And then we hired somebody else. I was out of the office for a week. And so they took my desk and I didn't want to kick them out. So I went and sat somebody somewhere else and was by a couple other people on the team that I hadn't sat with before. And it's like, Oh, this is awesome. I'm bonding so much more with you in this week. And so the other key piece has just been the relationship building and making sure that everybody on the team, it's cool when you can sit by other roles. Like, you know, now that we have our marketing and our sales team and then our account manager team too. each gets a much better perspective too, on what the other person is working on and you just get this broader viewpoint overall. Dev team too, Joe. Yep, yep. and the dev team too, yep, yep. Totally. exactly, yeah. yeah. And I think probably the last thing that I'd highlight that that I think has really helped is just the the transparency that we try to give in where we're at as a company, where we're at for results, where we're thinking of going strategy-wise, like, and, just being able to throw things out there and get direct feedback and have everybody understand exactly where we're at, where we're going, what's on our mind. Are there any issues that are coming up kind of trying to lay it all out there? I feel like it's helped culturally, but also it just gives people the information to make the best business decisions overall. When you have the full picture, I feel like that just really helps. I mean, what's your thoughts there?
1: Completely. That's exactly where I want to go to. I want to make sure we got that into this episode. So, like, we've built a really good culture. We've surrounded ourselves with good people. We all enjoy each other's company. And that gives us the opportunity to disagree. And Joe and I, like, we probably disagree with each other more than anybody else. I mean, we've had, unquestionably. We've had to
0: warn people. Like, when we have disagreements, it may sound like Matt and I are mad at each other. Yeah. but we're like, not. Yeah, yeah. We, will we just, just love to debate. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, like, I, I, I value, like, constructive dissent so high and sure. just like it's got to be respectful obviously we're not getting in fights but like <laughs> spirited debates cool it's how we get better like if i come up with a concept tell me how i'm wrong sure and i'll look at it objectively i'll maybe argue my my standing you know why i'm pitching something you nope. know for a bit and then ultimately we'll come to the best decision sometimes in the middle sometimes i'm completely wrong It'll you've be- been wrong like once but yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> I-, I can only remember one time ever yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what's fun too. Like Matt and I will just, and with the team too, uh, we're always trying to drive not the, I'll I'll say conflict, but it has a negative connotation, like challenge. Like, all right, if we say something that doesn't make sense, like please challenge us on it. Like if we're rolling out a tool that you don't feel like adds value or there's a different way that we can approach it, like we need that feedback as we go. And so it's constantly trying to drive That challenge too? Because conflict and challenge, it's uncomfortable. For some people, much more uncomfortable than say it is for you and me to challenge each other. (laughs) And so that's that's I think one big piece that has been fun but it's constantly been a key piece that we're focusing on too is driving that safe culture where people feel like they can challenge you even if they're not sure on their viewpoint too and that's kind of the hardest perspective to be in like that doesn't feel right or i don't think that's right just getting those those pieces out there i think just both emotionally but then business decisions too it just it's so helpful yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we covered a lot. There's there's a lot of cool things that I feel like we do well. And probably the last thing is we make mistakes, but it's owning up to those mistakes as we go and then learning from them as we go. And I think it's that systematic looking at the mistakes that we make. We are far from perfect, but we're constantly trying to get better. Yeah. And so it's being able to learn from when we screw up owning up to it, figuring out what went wrong. Was it a system? Was it a knowledge issue? Like, what was the true root cause for this? Now let's make sure that we have a fix. And then we communicate it to the rest of the team. So nobody else has to make that mistake that we just made. So, and, you know, we've got a lot of fun things that have gone well for us, um, but there's many things that we can keep improving as we go. And it's been, been a fun journey over the last five years with you, Matt. And, yeah, it'll be fun to see where we take this as we go. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Likewise. So hopefully you listening got some good takeaways out of this. This is just our general perspective on how we approach the business. It's worked well for us. So maybe there's some key takeaways for you. If not, hope it was a fun listen, just kind of going through how we operate and how our minds work. So as always, you know, thank you for listening. This has been another episode of The Ad Project and hope you'll join us for the next episode.